Welcome to the Bollywood Pod. You're listening to our series Best of Bollywood. Swapnil, do you think blind people will be mad if they found out what type of crazy stories are being told about them in movies? I think there might be protests. Blind people will protest <laughs> outside of movie theaters? Correct. I'm HT with my guest Swapnil and today we are talking about a movie that we both love. A movie called Andadun. राघवनिस The reason I watched this movie is because I'm a big fan of Shriram Raghavan. I fell in love with him when I watched Johnny Gaddar and uh, Agent Vinod which has been done on this podcast already. And then he he's done other commercially successful films like Ek Haseena Thi and uh, Badlapur which is a very popular movie of his. And uh, this movie like many Shriram Raghavan movies has a lot of memorable scenes especially in the first half of the movie. Now Andadun is part of the 2018 renaissance year of movies in Bollywood. and the reason why we call it the renaissance year is because this year had a lot of commercially successful non a list starer low budget mid budget movies that did really really well so i have a list here i know you haven't seen a lot of these because you watch hollywood and bollywood so i'm going to go through this list tell me which ones you've seen and which ones you've not seen yep. okay badaiyo yes stree no razi no mulk no padman no manmarzia no manto No. Paramanu. No. Bhavesh Joshi. No. One or two not out. No. And Mard ko dard nahi hota. No, man, I need to catch up on my Indian movies. You you have missed out on 10 amazing movies from that year. Oh. We have already done an episode of Badaiyo which we feel is uh best of Bollywood and three will be coming up at some point in this podcast. So so in the history of Bollywood I I don't remember within one calendar year seeing a collection of movies like this usually like you know there's like a shahrukh khan movie or a salman khan or amir khan movie mixed in there i guess padman is akshay kumar but it's not a big budget blockbuster uh, movie padman so it was the year of low budget blockbuster films really commercially successful made a lot of people a list actors like aishman khurana in this case at the award circuit anadun was nominated alongside the following movies razi badhai ho Padmavat, Sanju and Stree. Now you've not seen Stree, Padmavat and Razi but you've seen Badhaiho. Correct. So if you put Badhaiho and Anadhon against each other, which movie takes best picture? I would pick Anadhon over Badhaiho? I think so. Okay, why would you pick Anadhon as best picture? Um it was interesting to see a social commentary on how people act when they believe the other person isn't watching or not judging their actions and I love this movie for that. And this movie is full of people deceiving people which is a very common uh, thing in a lot of Shriram Raghavan movies and uh, our main character dece- is deceiving the whole world but I think what I 
find interesting about what you said is that he's doing stuff while people are watching whereas other people are doing stuff when they think he's not watching yeah so filmfare has this weird award called the critics awards which is like okay the the filmfare award goes to the best picture and then critics say oh no no this is the best picture so another one the best film critics award that year it won the best actor for Aishwarya Khurana critics award that year and the regular uh, filmfare award it won best screenplay for Shriram Raghavan and best editing for Pooja Lada Surti it also won for best background score besides that it was nominated for best director best female actor for tabu and best sound design which it did not win uh i thought tabu should have won best female actor i thought she was she was amazing and it's really like i like it when women play a non-nurturing role like a villainous role yeah right because we're so constantly portrayed as the loving the nurturing the one who needs to be saved somehow like she was she was badass in the movie i like great villains yeah and uh, you add like a woman on top of being a villain it's just great hands down amazing uh tabu also plays uh, the bad guy in this movie drishyam have you seen drishyam i have not oh my god okay <laughs> tabu also plays <laughs> the villain in drishyam uh which is another great performance of hers as the bad bad guy in that movie now do you know about the national film awards in india yes okay so another one best hindi film best adapted screenplay and best actor at the national film awards that year. I was a judge apparently. <laughs> you were you were, you were you, the judges were in line with their <laughs> exactly. in line with your values. Yes. See, if I were the judge, I would have a tough time deciding between Andadon's 3 and Badaiyo. Those are just three solid movies from that year. Andadon made 456 crore rupees from a 32 crore rupee budget. Wow. That's more than double what Badaiyo made. Badaiyo made 219 crores from a 29 crore rupee budget. Wow. So a massive year for Aishman Khurana to like runaway hit movies with the totaling over almost 700 crores from uh, wow. 60 crores. Anadun's central character is based on the main character of a 2010 French short film named I'm going to mispronounce this La Accordeur which translates to the piano tuner. Mm. I uh, didn't know that. After having seen this movie, it is interesting that it's based on that, but that short film is not quite as good. Even the scene basically in that short film, it's all about the scene where the supposedly blind pianist is witnessing a murder. I want to just add this for our listeners. You might hear a lot of dog whining in this episode. <laughs> we're 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 recording this podcast in a new location and my dog is just really nervous about this location for some reason. So, pardon me for all the whining and the tapping around of feet that you might hear it's going to be happening pretty consistently <laughs> so thanks for uh thanks for tolerating that with us what do you think of Aishman Khurana's performance as Akash the blind pianist in this movie i think he was like spot on like just brilliant and in tuned i mean from what i not that i have done as thoro a research as he probably has for this character but he was just amazing like amazing to watch how he portrayed that character like he brought it to life i think one of the things that people don't talk about is the the physical acting right the you you have the acting that you do through your face but the acting through your body language i think for this character and a great example is govinda like if you watch govinda mm. movies he just has amazing physical acting skills yeah so um 
Aishman Khurana in this movie, besides you know the, all the facial expressions or lack of facial expressions that he has, uh, just the body language of being a blind person is just really well done in this movie. And one thing that really stands out is the ability to not react, right? Like we as humans, if you're witnessing a murder or if someone is... Um, doing something harmful or dangerous, like our body, like we can't even control some of those innate or subconscious actions. And he's just like in complete control, just like all cool about it. It was amazing. I think he did a really good job. Does that, does that make him a psychopath not reacting to all the violence? Or just well-trained. Like really well-trained? Yeah, <laughs> right? Like I wonder if you can control all of the reactions that we currently react to yeah i think if i saw like a dead body lying there yeah, in the kitchen I with would, blood with blood <laughs> there'll definitely be a pause in my music as i'm yeah. playing the piano. <laughs> meanwhile he's just like going on did you know this that the film was shot for 44 days total but those 44 days were dispersed over a period of one year wow no i did not know that this movie does not feel like it was shot over like several different it does not. days no throughout the year uh, Bollywood used to be ridiculous like that back in the 80s and 90s when a movie would be shot over like two years. So like within a movie, you would see the hairstyle of an actor change <laughs> from short to long to short again, uh, skinny to fat to skinny again. <laughs> and this used to happen all the time in the 80s and 90s. And thankfully that changed in the early 2000s when Dil Chata Hai came out. Dil Chata Hai was one of those first movies with like a set schedule. I think they shot over 60 days or 100 days. Wow. But it was a set schedule that, okay, everybody's got to be here the, yeah. whole, the whole time. Love that movie too. Yeah, that's that's going to appear in this podcast. It was It's definitely an iconic movie from Bollywood. Whenever you're locked into a schedule, the results always come better because the acting and the look of the characters is consistent yeah so i'm just blown away by how they were able to keep a consistent look and consistent acting tonality over the entire year yeah uh if you haven't seen anadun you should watch it to see what type of crimes blind pianists are up to these days Mm -hmm. major spoilers ahead this episode is sponsored by you the listener Please download this episode and please subscribe to our podcast. Don't forget to share it with your friends. Follow us at The Bollywood Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Thank you and enjoy the rest of today's episode. The best scene in the movie. Let's go through it scene by scene. Best scene nominee one. Akash comes out of his apartment for the first time and Bandhu the kid makes him trip on a string. Mm. Then Akash makes him get a rickshaw. What do you think about that scene? Um, I was confused when I first saw it. I was like, is he blind? Is he not? I mean, towards the end of that scene, you're like, all right, I don't think he's blind. I think there's something else going on. What made you think that, though? Um, it was the way he looked at the kid as if he knew his height. And I was like, is he blind? Like, how could he be interacting with him with the same, like, knowing what the kid's height would be? Yeah. That was a little bizarre. You know... I notice it every time I watch this movie, and this is the brilliance of Aishman's performance, that when he comes down from the steps, and he, it's almost like he looks at the string and says, and has this gesture that says this again, like this thing again that I have to like pretend to do, and uh, I think that's the moment I love because you just see that hesitation in mm. his face that whether or not he should engage with the kid, yeah, and he's like, I guess I have to to put up the front that I that I've been setting up yeah reflecting on the moment yes like you kind of see a hesitance or like a thought or evaluation like hey should I keep on the game 
and he does because he has to yeah yeah well and then that point even like the audience don't know if the kid knows if he's blind or not and we as audience don't know if he's actually blind or not i think it's a great introductory scene to the to, to the relationship of the bandhu and akash yeah aage se tune kaand kiya na ye rasi teri chaddi ke andar bandhu samjha ke to lodo bula uh really well done i love that he like twists his ear i always like it when uh annoying kids are getting punished that's just a thing i enjoy in life <laughs> relatable bessie nominee too tabu's first scene in the kitchen she tells us how she likes to cook the crab slash lobster is it a lobster or a crab i forget so the the sea the sea urchin <laughs> she tells us how she likes to cook the sea urchin uh first she freezes it then she boils it isliye main use 2 ghante ke liye is deep freezer mein rakh deti aur jab wo aaram se so raha hota hai main use nikal ke ubalte pani mein dal deti hu then uh, later on at the drop of a hat she gives an audition to promote sana what do you think of that kitchen scene It was interesting when she is doing the quote unquote um audition and you're like as an audience you're like kind of introduced to her putting a facade on for people around her and I I thought that was interesting just her acting skills right like they were highlighted and emphasized in that scene and like as I rewatched it for this podcast I'm like all right this has something to play to the story which you don't realize when you're watching it the first time. In this scene they also establish uh the speaker which comes to play later on in the what you and I I think eventually will pick as the best scene. Um, yes, we will. So, in this scene Tabu effortlessly inhabits the character of Simi. And throughout this movie actually. And she's a true charismatic villain. Uh this scene also clearly establishes who she is and how she's able to quickly manipulate any situation. Yeah. She literally has promotion uh, around her finger. Um I don't know if you know this but uh there's a scene later on in the movie when she's reading a book and the book she's reading uh is a Tamil book and the story of that book is where the husband is killed. So it was according to the filmmakers it was an accidental easter egg. Oh it no. Was, it was not intentional. But that's really cool to to know that now, right? And so I mean what seemed like when you're watching the movie accidental is almost pre uh meditated. Like serendipitous? Exactly. Yeah. Or maybe helped her plan the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. If you if the filmmakers don't correct it, then right. it could take a life of its own that just oh. did. Yeah. <laughs> Best scene nominee three. Akash decides not to use blinding lenses for the first time so he can see what Sophie looks like. Yeah. Bandhu notices it immediately. When Akash comes down, he gets a lucky bird bomb dropped on his glasses and Sophie sees his eyes when he removes his glasses. What do you think about the scene? I thought it was kind of romantic, right? If that's what the writers were going for that he likes this girl and wants to see what she looks like. but likes this girl without knowing what she looks like. So I thought that was really cute. Oh yeah, I never thought about that. He he likes her with well, I guess she likes her because she's a like hardcore person, right? Right. She's almost like just there for me. Like I don't think she's serving a purpose besides being his romantic lead, 
right? Like, I think of her character, but I don't really think of her character much. Well, she's she's uh, one of the only characters who, who's not out to deceive everybody else. She's just... Ah, interesting distinction. That's true. She's the, she's the good character. She's like a normal person. She's a normal person. With no ulterior motives of murders and, like, conning people. She has a moral compass for us all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also like that right after he takes his lenses off, the cat, like, Bandu notices right away. Like, it's not like 10 minutes later it's discovered. It's like yeah. right away his secret is discovered. That that I really liked in terms of storytelling. Smart kid. He's a smart kid, yeah. <laughs> Which you also kind of saw that he was a capitalist when he's like, I'll remove this if you give me 10 rupees. Yeah. A few minutes earlier. Yeah, that kid is uh, uh, is going to be a very successful businessman someday. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I also loved Ayushman's acting when the bird drops on his glasses and like there's like a Ugh. little bit of a reaction, but he, he realizes... He stops himself. Yeah, yep. he stops himself. It's yeah. really well done. Uh, anything else to add? Um, no, I mean, uh, no. Best scene, um, have you ever had uh, bird poop? uh, I have never. But you know what? Um, I was traveling with my husband recently and, uh, you know, he he wore a nice pair of pants and he was very excited about it. And of course, the bird pooped. um, And he's like, oh, okay, wait, no, this is actually good, Swapnil. So I'm, I'm, this is a good thing. So I did not know that either. Apparently, it's a lucky thing in Pune anyway. And apparently, your husband thinks the same thing. Apparently. But no, I mean, now he calls them his lucky pants. So there we go. (laughs) I've had that, uh, unfortunately, happen many times to me. I don't know why they choose me, but the birds keep dropping those lucky balls. They just, I guess, that you're just a lucky person, and they sense it. I attract poop. <laughs> Best scene, Nahuni 4. When Sophie puts a blindfold on in Akash's apartment, Akash moves things around so she can find them. What do you think of that scene? Um, it was interesting. Um, this is when she's having a wine glass, right? And she's searching for it, and he keeps moving it. This is really difficult. What is difficult? I thought I was there. To me, when that scene was happening, it almost felt like like he was training her or making her realize what it is to be blind. Like things could be happening outside of your control. And you may know that because you have to use your sensory so much more, right? Like you're touching and feeling instead of or smelling instead of just the most obvious seeing something there. I thought that was really engaging what he did. And finally, like as she's like kind of removing, he's like, no, 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 it's right here. Like I was bringing it for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a what I liked about the scene is that uh, for all the reasons you mentioned, plus that it's a very intimate scene. It's like mm. a very small room and it's like a new budding relationship. Who knew you were romantic at heart, HD? Who knew? Who knew? Uh, they shot this. This movie was, uh, well, this particular section of the movie was not shot in the studio. It was shot at a real apartment. So the room was actually that small. I just loved how in that small space with the camera crew and everything there, they're able to so beautifully choreographed the whole yeah. scene the actors are almost well Aishman anyway are almost like dancers moving around in this little space you know moving the wine bottle so effortlessly around so you're putting like a more spin to it because you are in the business i'm like okay just move uh, like move on from the romantic scenes let's get to the story oh, here let's get, because you'll, you're like you want to get to the prestige exactly of the movie. So, this is, you know, I don't even know why we were discussing the rest of the scenes. <laughs> Best scene, <laughs> Akash goes to play piano at Pramotsana's house. 
and things don't go as planned. What do you think about this scene? Oh, I mean, they I I absolutely absolutely love that scene. Needless to say, his composure in that entire sequence is mind-blowing. Um as I mentioned before, like if if there was a body, you know, in front of me and I'm seeing exactly what's going on, I would be like screaming and running out of that apartment. But here he uh, is. I want to just pause you right there yeah. because uh Sriram Raghavan was asked about that. uh like why didn't akash just run out yeah and he said if he ran out there would be no movie true <laughs> true i mean but like he just like he is seeing them do like clean up the murder scene he doesn't know that i mean i don't want to spoil it but he doesn't know the guy's a cop She, he is probably trying to figure out in his brain what's going on because after the guy leaves with a dead body in the suitcase tabu sits there and she's like crying so i guess he's trying to analyze what's going on how to react but remember we've been shown that he's been practicing his composure so i guess this is when it comes into practice uh, love the scene love the scene this is a 10 minute long scene yeah between when he first enters the room uh, first enters promote's house to when he leaves uh, i want to break it down to its essential components right so it starts with akash entering the house he plays a tune on the piano when suddenly he notices the body on the floor can i just pause you because you see a little bit of reluctancy going on when he rings the bell and tabu answers and then he's like okay like you know what's going on and she's trying to kind of ditch him but then the lady behind them opens the door and um she's like oh like what's going on and you see the nervousness or, or at least I, maybe the second time when i saw it i realized it was something is about to happen and you see the nervousness on her face you kind of see that she just let him in because of the neighbor because of the neighbor not really because she was like yeah okay sure yeah yeah she did not want him in there yeah. but she reluctantly gets him in yeah uh with the hope that he is blind yeah There's no reason never to trust a blind person, right? Um well, apparently this movie makes the case uh, makes the doubt at least uh going forward. So if you see a blind person entering your personal space, definitely throw daggers at them or like try and poison their tea <laughs> to see if they take a sip. Just to confirm. Exactly. Coming back to before, Shriram Raghavan doesn't reveal to us the body right away. uh in the, in the timeline of the movie he enters the apartment at 30 at the 32 minute mark and it's about almost the 34 or 34 and a half minute mark when it is revealed to us that there is a body there yeah and i guess he doesn't notice it right away because this blue jeans blue walls and all that yeah um so i, I love like how long he with, withholds the information from us uh and from aishman that there's a body there or whose body it is i love the bathroom like which a scene uh, within a scene bathroom yeah. scene you could call it its own scene i love it i love it again composure highlighted right like strange person with a gun right next to you and now he has to completely control all his reactions do his business and then go out as if nothing happened or and, nothing and, has been seen and we as an audience because we are not shown who else is in the room we're thinking why isn't he calling the police right now yep. why isn't he like locking the door behind him yeah he doesn't do any of that nothing. he just kind of goes and does his business and then walks right out and then leaves and i love how the camera reveals to us that there's someone else holding a gun in the room presumably the murderer's accomplice or the murderer yeah 
It was just really brilliantly done. After the bathroom, Akash goes back to play the piano where Simi and DSP, Simi, uh, well, DSP Manor is like gathering the flowers and like mopping the mopping blood Mopping the bit. blood. And then she gets a bigger mop and she's mopping the blood even more. What I didn't understand, um, I guess in that movie, and I don't know if that's a gap or that's just how I'm perceiving it, is there must be a whole lot of sound going on. Like, right, like... You're bringing a mop and a bucket. You're moving the body around. Like, how come he's not reacting at all? Well, she could be, you know, she... She's just clean, Or someone's she, cleaning the house. She's listening to the music and doing house chores, right? Yeah, yeah. That, uh, or that, hopefully, that's what he's thinking. Yeah, uh, or she wants him to think. Or she wants him to think, right. Yeah, very duly noted. Also, with uh, a lot of movies, you just kind of have to uh, have to have suspension of disbelief. Mm, yeah. You know, like if, when you're watching... Uh, a movie of you know george clooney in space you know george <laughs> i believe Clo- that stuff hd <laughs> right so george clooney is not really in space so you just kind of like let it go what that surprises me <laughs> don't shatter my hopes here so i was really laughing when they were cleaning up the crime scene while he's playing the piano See, that's dark comedy perfect combination of tragedy and humor right because here is a person dead which is probably the height of tragedy and someone quietly trying to clean their existence and someone trying to pretend that they haven't seen any of it. I thought that was like a perfect combination of tragedy and dark humor. It's like an onion, layers upon layers. Layers upon layers. Finally, DSP Manohar rolls out a suitcase and they don't show us the body right away, but we presume that there's a body in there. Yeah. Uh, and then finally it's revealed to us when she when Simi unzips the suitcase to get the, the ring and the watch mm-hmm. off the head. And uh, who who breaks the knuckle? Is it Simi? Simi breaks the no. The oh. the cop does. Oh, so uh, DSP Manohar breaks yeah. the finger to get the ring out. Uh, oh, but before that was so funny when Simi was trying to wedge it out by like really wiggling it out. Oh, it's <laughs> and you know I I don't know if she comes across as um, uncompassionate or inhumane because. Here's someone who's her husband. She maybe loves him or not. I mean, there's a reason they're together. But then again, there was one point where once his body is found, they're like, oh, we knew that she married, he married someone much younger and there were motives behind her marrying him. And then you really start to question the kind of person Taboo is. Yeah, yeah. I also love, uh, what I also found really funny is that DSP Manohar is in a banyan the whole time. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even even as she's like dressing him up to get out, he's, he li- still has his shirt kind of open and coat kind of overthrown. Yeah. He's, he's really like, you know, basically... Exposed. Might as well be in his pajamas. Yeah, he's point. just exposed. I love how the scene ends also where when, while he's playing the piano taboo is just kind of like sitting there just crying crying. i love that too that's the human side of taboo you don't get to see a whole lot in the movie yeah probably one of the very few yeah and then her the whole gag where she like plays uh, the clap 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 you know the on the yeah. sound speaker how yeah. she pulls it all together yeah again her re- her acting skills coming into play which we saw early on at her introduction yeah you can uh, see her like being finicky about when yeah. should i hit play is this all lined up properly and yep. she's waiting for him to finish and you can see her body being uh, restless yeah waiting for him to finish it was yeah. really well i mean taboo's acting i think makes the scene perfect yeah so I'm pretty sure we'll both pick that 10-minute 
scene as the best scene in the movie. A hundred percent. But I think other scenes deserve mention. So I, we I, will get yeah. into them as well. The 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 start of the movie, which is when the rabbit is kind of running and the guy is, you know, with you know, with a gun behind the hunter. The, the, hunter, fa- the farmer hunter. The farmer hunter. And you kind of feel sorry for, for the rabbit. I love how it ties to I, I mean I'm I'm going much further, but I think that first it's, scene is also kind of captures your engagement because it's so intense. You're you're wondering why the movie's introduced that way and the payoff comes at the end of the movie. Very end of the movie, yeah. Yeah, so it leaves leaves a mystery in your head about why that was. A nice mystery which gets a closure. Best scene nominee six. Akash goes to the police station to report the murder. Ah. What do you think about that scene? Oh my god. So he's sitting there open talking about, hey, I just witnessed a murder. And moments later, he realizes, oh my god, there's the cop. Or there's the man I saw who helped was an accomplice to the murder. And he's a cop. And how quickly he changes his story was phenomenal. Probably, oh yeah, yeah, great scene. I'm, I'm just surprised that... Uh, DSP Manor, the the murderer slash cop, just just not knowing right away. Like, okay, this this guy knows. This guy, he either is blind and still knows, or yeah. is not blind. But like at this point, it's you know he should not even believe the Rani story. <laughs> you know, it was interesting because the cat story uh, that he makes up was an interesting sideline because her tragic end also is caused by him. Oh, I guess. Uh, does she die? Does the yeah, cat die? Yeah, yeah. How, how does she die in the movie? So when when Taboo comes to his apartment and she poisons the tea, oh. which he spills and she drinks. So so they don't show the cat's death, though. They don't show it, but yeah. you assume. You, you, you assume, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, just because I read an interview, uh, the filmmakers confirmed that the cat survives. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. But yeah, it's you know if they hadn't if I hadn't read the interview, it's quite sim. You, anyone can presume that a cat dies after drinking the liquid. the poison. Yeah, yeah. Or she was just pretending to get a reaction from him. Well, also it could not have been poison at all. Exactly. Because right? his poison was just... from the other thing, not from the drops in the. He was poisoned because of uh, the prasad, not from whatever was in the tea. Ah, right. I didn't realize that. I thought it was the tea. No, he he. he remember, he knocked the glass over. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. actually, how- yeah. So therefore, the cat could not have been poisoned because ah. he knocks the glass over. But I thought she came, like she went to the floor and drank. No, she. I think it was oh. on the coffee table. <laughs> no, but uh, these are. I'm. Uh, we're we're like deep nerd diving into this movie right now. Yeah. <laughs> this we have suddenly become film nerds and we are really parsing. Suddenly, it. Uh, yeah. I would change that thought. You, we were always nerds. We're always nerds. <laughs> always it's just nerds. that the world knows about it now. Yeah. Yeah. The the nerds rule the world. Not hey, in this case. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> we might get there. We might get there. Who knows? Who yeah. Knows? If this podcast takes off, maybe. Uh, Let's make that happen. Hey, guys, I hope you're enjoying the show. Please don't forget to share with your friends. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to download. Follow us at The Bollywood Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Best scene nominee seven. DSP Manohar looks for Rani the cat in Akash's apartment. The scene ends with Manohar, DSP Manohar throwing a knife at Akash. What do you think of that scene? Hmm, it wasn't too memorable to me. Is that sad? No, no. Different people remember different things. Yeah, yeah. the the entire thing about the cop, um, 
you're so angered by him just murdering this slash good, decent man, right? And now he's trying to kill this blind man or pretending to be blind man. You're like, oh, this cop obviously falls into the stereotype of the Indian corruption, right? And you're not rooting for the cop at all. So most of his scenes, except a few, and I'm sure you'll point them out later, don't ring a bell. (laughs) I thought, uh, well... Much like the bird poop dropping on his glasses, him throwing the knife at uh, Akash and And not reacting. And not reacting. I just love all of these moments that they have in the movie. Yeah. And maybe they could all be just a scene of their own, just the moments of Akash not reacting to stuff. Uh, uh, He's just brilliant. He's just brilliant in the movie. Bessie nominee eight. Simi visits Akash, gives him prasad Mm. from the funeral puja. She tries various tactics to determine his blindness. What do you think about that scene? That scene is probably my second favorite in the entire... Anything where Taboo and um, Ayushman are together. Oh my god. I think they're both such great actors and you see the intensity and brilliance of the scene come to life. So I really love that scene. Again, this is uh, just like an onion layers upon layers. Exactly. And um, I think my... One of my favorite moments in this whole scene is the ghost face. Yeah. When the, when the camera pans and she's sitting there with a with a ghost face mask. They actually thought about taking that moment out. But what I love about that particular moment is that the audience jumps out of their chair because of they actually get scared from yeah. our ghost face. Yeah. But Ayushman holding the two cups of coffee, you you think how is he still holding two cups of coffee because right. I would have thrown them up in the air. Right. So in that way, this scene was brilliant because they're able to convey how much of a shock that ghost face is. But at the same time, our protagonist is able to maintain his composure. Which like, you know, think about like even in the first, where are we, half an hour into the movie, maybe 45 minutes. And there's so many times where he's not reacting and that's being highlighted. Though, is it really realistic? I mean, I wonder, like, to the point, he does wear those contacts, right? And he does kind of minimize his uh, visual ability, right? But, but um, the question is, I think from the time that he takes off his contacts to look at Sophie... Yeah. Till this time, I don't think he ever puts on his 80% uh, blinding contacts again. So mm. everything he's reacting to, he's reacting to through through his actual vision, mm. which I agree with you. It's kind of surprising that it's he's kind ab- of surprising that he's able to maintain his composure. Yeah, uh, maybe because of his experience, he's had that much training, just yeah. you know, practice and repeat, practice and repeat. Yeah, that he's able to do it. But still, man, I would not. If there, if you see a knife coming at you, right, like you're. You're literally in your survival mode and you have to jump. I mean, how good do you have to be to well, not react? It's either getting stabbed in the head with a knife <laughs> or getting shot by the police. <laughs> Both outcomes. He didn't have good choices. He might survive the knife. <laughs> right. Oh, I, and I love the moment when he knocks over the glass and then Tabu immediately gets up and says, I knew yeah, it. I knew it. Yeah. That's it. Push yeah. I just love that moment in that scene. It's, it's a really, I think it's the second best scene in the movie. After. I love this scene. I mean, I'm excited to get to the to other parts because I have some social commentary on that as well. Deep social commentary yes. coming up in this podcast. The next best scene nominee is DSP Manohar attacks Akash in his apartment after Akash wakes up blind. 
Akash runs out to the streets trying to survive. What do you think about that scene? I mean, you kind of saw that coming, right? Like once they realize that he's not really blind, you as audience are like, all right, they're going to do something stupid to kind of hide their initial killing or crime. Initial crime? Yeah. Yeah. I loved how the scene was directed. Uh, You don't, when he wakes up blind, you don't realize that DSP Manohar is in the room. And the way to reveal is a noose goes around Akash's neck and then the camera moves back. And then yeah. you see that DSP Manor is in the room. And then you also just realize that Tabu has, or Simi has actually made Akash blind. Right. And so now it's a true matter of survival. He He's so desperate. He jumps out of uh, the apartment and falls to the street and then you runs. Know, trying to tries to get help at nighttime. All the doors are closed. That was really well done. Best scene nominee 10. <laughs> This is, a, again, a little mini scene, just like the, this also, I guess, takes place in the bathroom. But this is a little mini scene in the movie where Rasika, the cop's wife, shoots oh, at her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Shoots at her husband, DSP Manohar, as he's sitting up on what appears to be a clothes washer or a toilet yeah. in the bathroom. Yeah. What do you think about that scene? So I love the fact that in this movie, women are not portrayed as victims. I think they have uh, strong characters and I love that, you know, the woman after realizing whatever her husband is doing is not like sobbing away like, oh my God, that's awful. What am I going to do? No, she's taking on the gun and trying to kill this guy uh, for, you know, wronging her. Like, I love that. That's powerful. Yeah, more women need to take in charge of their Buy guns and kill your husbands. Yeah. from a technical standpoint, what I loved about the scene was, uh, you know, the the scene opens with like the camera in the bullet hole, and then as you widen out to see the rest of the bathroom with the shattered glass, each bullet she fires makes a new hole in the door. Yeah, and you just like as the scene continues, you just see more and more holes coming up in the bathroom. Yeah, it was just really well done. I loved how DSP Manohar was like his acting. Yeah, uh, uh, Manav Raj, I believe his name is. How he was like like a monkey sitting on top of the toilet trying to survive this. Which is also interesting because you don't think he would be scared. Like, he is, at least till now, shown to be a strong character. Obviously, our, you know, our hero is scared of him or his strength, right? He's not, like, trying to fight him unnecessarily. Yeah, he's, like, this big burly cop yeah. who, uh, who like, does encounters. Yeah. And when he gets to his house, he's like a little mouse. Yeah, well, for good reasons. His wife is strong. <laughs> yeah, she's, he might be a lion, but he's uh, handling a lioness here. Exactly. And uh, I also want to say how great Rasika is in the scene. Her she's she's so, great. like, she's so, I, I, like I said, I love when women are portrayed as powerful because we're so used to them, like, oh, my God, my husband has done this or that. No, man, like, you do me wrong, I do you too wrong, you know, and I love that. I love that portrayal. And she's awesome. She's amazing at it. Yeah, yeah. In every movie of Shriram Raghavan, uh, female characters are justly portrayed in that way. I love that. Like even even the lottery uh, selling mossy lady in the movie. She's, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Even she's like a real person, real character, not yeah. like a caricature of a character. Yeah. So those are all of my bestie nominees. Do you have any to add of your own? Yes. So. Um, So, you know, the latter part of this movie, can we talk about it yet? Can I? Okay. So Any bestie nominees, anything. Okay. So I like the scene when um, 
Tabu and Ayushman are locked up in the hospital. Organ trafficking, like the guy's luck to uh, be stuck in a place where the doctor is trying to cut him open, take his organs, and then sell them, and getting entrapped into the scheme, which is such an issue also in developing countries. I thought it was like, just like this movie's brilliant in its undertones, right? Like what people do when no one's watching, uh, you know, the organ trafficking, um, how like the other two people who were helping the doctor and kind of, you know, carry out the scheme, like, you know, how much they're in need of money because of the poverty. I don't want to make this sad, but I think those are really strong social undertones to the storyline as well. So so you liked uh, not not maybe a particular scene from that segment of the movie, but that entire segment of the well, movie. Well, the particular scene was when they were locked up in that, when they kidnapped Taboo and they're locked up in that room. Oh, and how She's Tabu, trying to Tabu tells... misguide him. Yeah, yeah. I oh. thought that was nice, right? Like the way she's like... Sida, Sida, go. Sida, go. Sida, go. And he's trusting of her yet again <laughs> for whatever reason. And he's following her instructions because he thinks that she is on his side or his team. Uh, the other scene I really like is um, in the car. So in towards the end of the movie, um, when Dr. Swami is driving Akash in the car and uh, Simi is in the trunk and Simi uh, stabs him to death, comes out in the driver's seat. And she's now in control, symbolically speaking. And she's like, oh, you know, whatever, I'm going to let Akash go. And she stops the car, lets him out. And that's when, like, you get the closure with the whole rabbit scene. Uh, rabbit scene yeah, right? well, and, and you think that she has, she, she has finally let it go and she will let him live. Right. Only to find seconds later that she doesn't quite let it go. Of course continue <laughs> no that i think those two scenes like i think have like are important because they kind of first one the hospital scene again taboo highlighted as her you know acting skills misguiding someone who's completely trusting deception at its highest level and then her in the car again so i i like the car scene that you mentioned regarding the them together in the hospital yeah um so one of the things about this movie is that the first, if you think really think about it, the first half of the movie is kind of like its own movie. Yeah. And the second half of the movie, it, you know, yeah. the hospital is kind of its own movie. And I think the slowest part of the second half of the movie in the hospital is when they're together in that room. Yeah. When she's, as you were saying, misguiding them. But what I really liked about that scene, and I think that kind of, uh, that has to do with human emotions, human intelligence, mm. and human storytelling. That um, when we watch stories or when we tell stories, the storyteller chooses what information to reveal to the audience, what information the character knows, and what information the audience knows can be different things. So in that scene, we know that she's misguiding him. He doesn't know that he's being misguided. Yeah. And that is what makes the scene interesting. It's beautiful. It's beautiful because it, actually I think you put it so much better than I did, right? It's it, it's how it's being narrated to the audience. How the information is being disclosed to Correct. us. Correct. Yeah. And their acting again is is amazing. I think every scene that Taboo and Aishman are together are just beautiful. Yeah, I think it's a real shame that Tabu did not win Best Actor that year. Like, she really packs a powerful performance in this she movie. She does. 
what I loved in that whole section of the movie was what happens right after that, which is when the doctor comes. Yes. He sees Akash on the ground. Yes. You're just on him and he goes, Akash? And then <laughs> and then she attacks him and stabs him constantly. Oh, right. And I just love that moment because it's like this this uh, this little villain had captured the big villain. She's badass. And then suddenly the big villain has is now beating up the little villain. Well, I just thought it was really good. Taboo is just a very, very strong character. And every time she comes against anything, she finds a way to fight it out. She's a true survivor. She, she is a true survivor. Yeah, and, and, and not only... And she always schemes. She always has a way out. A strategic path. A strategist. I'm, yes. She should be one of our politicians. Yeah, she, she, she would make a really good politician. Too bad she wanted to be an actor. We can ask this question, but we know the answer already. Yeah. Which is the best scene in the movie? Well, of course. Hands down. Hands down. Hands the, down. The piano scene. The piano scene where Akash discovers the yeah, murder. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you want to tell us why? Why um, is that the best scene in the movie as opposed to all of these other great scenes? It's the most memorable because, again, I think you're just like... You are in awe of this guy's, this uh, character's Akash's composure, right? Like he is, he is not impulsive in his reactions. He's just taking a moment to kind of capture in his mind, process in his mind what he's seeing. Are his eyes deceiving him? What's happening right now? And he's just sitting there calmly, just kind of going on his job. And it was just, it was very well it was very well scripted. It was very well played. It was very well portrayed. It just comes together really well by like all the actors. Yeah, hands down the best scene. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the scene that's kind of firing on all cylinders. Yeah. Starting with the production design. You just look at the house. Yeah. And you look at that blue wallpaper. Yeah. That would normally be considered very ugly, but it's almost <laughs> incredibly fitting for the scene. Yeah. Uh, Shriram Raghavan, who's the director, he said he didn't like it at first. But by the time the filming was underway, that wallpaper kind of took its life, uh, took a life of its own. A simple thing like the wallpaper. And then you add on to that the way the camera moves, the way that the editing reveals information throughout. Like, for example, the bathroom scene. Yeah. How we come to find out that there's somebody else in the bathroom. Yeah. Or how in the middle of that scene, we see Pramod Sena enter and what happened to him. Yeah. We never see his death. We never see how he died. We are only told by Simi much later on that he right. shot himself. Yeah. We never find out how his death occurred. But so this this scene is just brilliant on every, you know, acting, directing, right. uh, production design, uh, everything is just brilliant. Also, like, just mentioning and thinking through the colors, like, they're so loud. I guess there there could be a point to be made that when artists make loud paintings, there is a feeling of chaos, mm. right? And I wonder if that ties to the chaos happening in that scene, right? It's almost like a silent chaos with the murder and the blood and the cleanup and the intense emotions that led to the killing of a, of a human being, right? Like, it's just very loud and intense and... The feelings are so elevated in that moment. I thought that's a good tie, actually, to your point of the of the of taking the a color. life of its own, right, from the wall wall colors. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, and also, I feel like even though the movie has so many great scenes, I think this scene just kind of towers over all of the other scenes. All of the, because this starts the entire sequence of things that are about to happen. Best song of the movie. What's the best song in the movie? Oh my god. 
Okay, so the last scene where, um, you know, he's at that, uh, where um, Simi, no, Sophie. 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 Sophie visits him in the European bar. Yes, yes. Uh, the, the song that he's playing at yeah, the time. I think I like that one. I don't actually. I don't even remember it. Um, so I think the most popular song from this movie is Nena Da Kya Kusur. So me personally, I th- there's nothing memorable in terms of music. Okay, I'm glad that I you said that and I didn't. I was, oh, you were being, was, you were being yeah. generous to the movie. <laughs> You're being very generous. Yeah. So I, we both agree that the music is not memorable. Yes? It's almost that the story is so strong that the music isn't really needed, though kind of because he's a musician, it's okay. So so what I would say about that is we recently did an episode of Kah- on Kahani, or we recently released an episode on Kahani, and Kahani is also a thrilling movie. Yeah. But its score is memorable. Like the music in Kahani mm. is just incredibly like suited to the movie. Yeah. Serve the movie. Yeah. This movie is also a thriller. And I feel like if they had that really good music as a background score in the movie, the movie would be elevated that much more. And I feel like this movie is missing that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. The music is definitely not memorable. Like I like you almost don't think about it. But um, since you mentioned the European piano thing, one of the interesting things I uh, noticed about the movie, and I didn't notice that at first, but I read it somewhere and I was like, oh, let me go back and check it out, which is that every major, lo- every main location in this movie has a piano in it. Oh. So his apartment, the restaurant that he meets mm. promote that and promotes home. And then finally, the European bar cafe has a piano. The only place that does not have a piano, I have to go back and check if they actually put a piano in the hospital somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe in that old room where they were both tied up. Is there a piano there? We I don't, don't think so. But that's an interesting point. What do you think they're trying to imply there? That what? Or is there any, there's no implication? I, I think despite all of Sriram Raghavan's brilliance, I think he missed an incredible opportunity to put a piano in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> if he did that, it would just really tie. It would really tie the whole yeah, idea together. Yeah. And we could we could truly ponder upon the meaning of it. Yeah, why is there music? <laughs> why is there a musical device in every room? Yeah. Best dialogue in the movie. Do you have any favorite dialogues from this movie? Hmm. No. I mean nothing comes to mind. I will read through some some yeah. that I wrote. So I I think this is probably my favorite, which is Simi says to DCP Manohar. Make a quick serial killer who is a mardo se mardo? I'm a serial killer. I'm Which is funny because by this point she's committed to she's murders. She's actually a serial killer. I love when DSP Manohar asks Akash. You saw murder? And Akash says, I'm a serial killer. I mean, now that you're saying it, they, they sound really... They sound good, but I didn't remember the specific dialogues. I need to be a more hardcore fan maybe, here. Maybe on a rewatch, you'll yeah. learn some of these. I love the uh, when Sophie's introduced in the movie and she goes, <laughs> which is like a nice uh, lead to what was eventually going to happen in the movie. Yeah. 
uh, when Akash and Sophie are in a cafe together and she's asking if he has any like a guard dog like like a dog that can help him walk yeah yeah he says mere paas a cat hai cat kafi hai kutte ka khayal kon rakhega ghar pe billi hai kafi hai kafi pi so a play on kafi and kafi uh. yeah franco uh, sophie's dad says uh, where did you find him by accident <laughs> which literally is how she found him yeah Oh this is a good dialogue and this is uh these two dialogues are in the trailer but I yeah. think these were both amazing and these are both Sophie dialogues which is Sophie says kuch cheeze adhuri hone ki wajah se to puri hoti hai aa which is great but also when Shri Ram Raghavan was asked about if he's going to make a sequel to Andhadhun mm, he I said hope he does he said no he said kuch cheeze adhuri hone ki wajah se puri hoti hai and then uh Sophie says to Akash as he's going up to his uh, apartment she says uh, see you see you and I'll see you yeah and she corrects herself says oh i will see you <laughs> Swapnil can you think of a better title for this movie you know i had to go back and research the meaning of andadun so andadun is a play on the term andadund which means uh, blind uh, rage or blind punishment they kind of converted it to andadun andadun is not grammatically correct because it it should be andidun because a dun is female mm. it should be andidun but it's a, it's just a play off all of that what does that mean like so i just found anda meaningful because he's blind <laughs> oh you did not know what anda meant no well no that one i knew <laughs> but i didn't know andadun andadun it's 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 not a real word it's okay, a it's a made up word okay. based on anda andadund you know dand is punishment and anda is blind right so like when you in a rage punish someone that's andadan oh but was there any any of that in the movie i don't think so well uh, so one of the things that they talk about in some of the interviews is that how every single person who makes a plan in this movie fails mm. like not no one plan comes to fruition right including simi apparently yeah simi the doctor swami <laughs> uh, the the lottery seller uh moshi yeah her, you know even, oh yeah yeah they meet it you know they meet a tragic end yeah so every single person who every single deceiving person who makes a plan in this movie fails yeah even like even somebody as innocent as pramod sena who had made a plan to surprise his wife i know that's the saddest one of them all <laughs> yeah So it's that's what this you know everybody's getting punished for yeah. their deed yeah in one way or another all right these are the actual ones that were considered okay munwad ke na dekh definitely not uh ayushman khurana suggested this one I, i think it's clever but i don't think it's a good one uh, uh very clever though he suggested the you know the letter c c sharp ah so you know he's a musician c sharp is a note yeah and then you know seeing Okay, no. I just I like Andhadun better than C sharp. So Ayushman Khurana gave a very nerdy title. Funny yeah. but very nerdy. Yeah. Plus it gets lost on the music note. Though C sharp is also interesting because he's blind. Yeah. I guess it's interesting, but I like Andhadun better. Andhadun is better. Uh Saz or Sazish? Eh. Andha hai kya? Definitely not. Kala chashma? No. Andhadun is definitely the best one. And then Sri Ram Raghavan said Sri Ram Raghavan I don't know if he jokingly suggested he suggested Makiak. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so uh there you go those are all the titles. I think Andhadun is probably the best of all of them. Definitely. I'm glad they chose that one. <laughs> all by the way uh, a lot of the information about this podcast came from a very helpful article from Scroll Magazine in India 
from an interview done by Nan- Nandini Samat in December 2018. The movie was released in October. Okay. Uh, Nandini did her interview in December, and it was a very useful interview to find out a lot of a lot more detail about this movie. So, cheers to Nandini Ramnath from Scroll Magazine India. The next section: age best and age poorly. Mm. Movies are a product of the time when they were made, so sometimes things don't age well. For me, the number one age best is Sriram Raghavan's signature directing style and Easter eggs. This is one thing that I need to confirm. But as far as as far as I know, Sriram Raghavan all always has an auto rickshaw scene in his movie. Ah, and an auto rickshaw always plays some crucial uh, thing in the plot of the crucial importance in the plot of the movie. Uh, so Johnny Gadar, Agent Vinod, Andadon, Ek Hasinathi all have important scenes with auto rickshaws. And I need to check out his other movies to confirm this. Okay, why is that? I don't know. Uh, he some, likes he likes it. Yeah, it's it's quite possible. In fact, uh, when I told you that one of the titles being considered was Munwarkina Dek, yeah, that's what's written in the back of the auto rickshaw mm. in the movie with Ashwarya uh, Rai's poster. The next thing within Sri Ram Raghavan's uh, details of directing style is that uh, uh, his directing choices. So, for example, when he demonstrates passage of time when Sophie and Akash are having coffee in the European uh, city. Yeah. The scene starts with the waitress picking, uh, dropping a second cup of coffee off and picking up the first uh, set of coffee. Nothing has been said, but because of this way of demonstrating passage of time, you realize that they have been talking for a long time. Yeah. Because they've already gone through one cup of coffee. Right. So, you know, I love it that without saying a word, you know how much time has passed. Right. Shriyam Raghavan always uses Zakir Hussain, Dr. Swami, uh, in all of his movies. This is a very small moment in the movie, but when Sophie and Akash are riding a scooter together for the first time, mm. there's a quick shot of them, their shadows on the scooter on the ground. I don't know if you even remember that. I do. So Shriyam Raghavan uses shadows of his characters in movies. And this is another example. So if you check out Sri Ram Raghavan movies, you'll find these shots where you see the character's shadows. That's cute. Those are good factoids. <laughs> when um, Simi has been kidnapped and she's in the hospital with uh, oh. with Murli, uh, Mashi, yeah. and Akash, yeah. uh, they they're it's pretty hot and a fan is spinning. Yeah. But if you play if you pay close attention, the fan stops before it reaches Simi. So that's a very nice touch that the people are just keeping the fan on themselves and Simi, who they, who they dislike, is not receiving any air. That's interesting. You can catch it on the rewatch. All right, so, you know, all those, those nice well, details. Well, you know, as I'm thinking through the movie now, you know, when uh, when uh, DSP Manohar is in the elevator going down when he's at the hospital and he gets stuck in it and he's like, let me out, let me out. And then he starts shooting. I mean, that's just like he's so desperate that he just wants to get out and he's feeling claustrophobic that he's shooting at himself literally well he's uh i don't know what he's shooting at but yeah that bullet definitely gets <laughs> exactly him. and uh i forget what the name of the movie is here i have it written down but it was uh so sriram raghavan another thing about sriram raghavan is he watches a lot of movies he yeah. reads a lot of books so he's n- he never steals an idea yeah. But you definitely see influences of ideas. Mm. Uh, so there's a, I, I don't know if it's a movie or a short film. It's a Louis Mal's Elevator to the Gallows. Apparently ah. that's a book or a movie or a TV show. I don't know. Yeah. But that's where the influence of that one particular scene is from. I, I, I can relate to that because I think I'm a little claustrophobic. 
And like, because he's in this really dark, suffocating room that and he's like, I, I mean, I think that's one scene where you kind of empathize with the cop a little bit. You kind of sense his desperation in the moment that he just wants to get out of there so badly that he's making irrational choices even further and probably kills himself in the process. But yeah, I thought that was a good act on uh, DSP there. Yeah, yeah. Each best, Anil Dhawan's performance as Pramod Sinha. He's clearly having a lot of fun with this character that he plays. What do you think? Um, That's after a, so Simi, many years. Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, I think... I mean, he has such a small character, but such a significant character. Um, I, I don't think he's a brilliant actor, but yeah, I think it was nice. To, it was refreshing to see him. Yeah, he, he did this movie. He wanted to work with Shriram Raghavan because uh, apparently his daughter uh, was like an assistant director with Shriram or something. Aww. And so she insisted that his uh, her father work with uh, Sri Ram. So that's why he decided to join the movie. One of the things that they mentioned in the uh, Nandini Rampat interview was that Anil Dhawan wanted to get himself into the rolling suitcase. Oh my God. In, in order, like his commitment to the role. And uh, Tabu was like, no, we don't need you to do that. <laughs> and she talked him out of it. You know what's interesting about uh, establishing his character or, you know, kind of celebratory status is when they he's watching him his old song and you see him as a, you know, as a whatever song they showed. I thought that was interesting. Like, OK, he's he's famous, he's rich and he's married to this character, Simi. And uh, according to that interview, some of those YouTube links are real. And so a lot of yeah. the, co- the comments are real in, in that, in the movie. I believe that. Yeah. I mean, you would imagine our parents kind of watching him and saying, oh yeah, that's an actor from our time. Yeah. I love the moment when he, uh, when he goes, when he picks up the gun and Simi opens the kitchen door and he goes, surprise. <laughs> just the look on his face is just incredible. <laughs> I love it. And then he drops the gun. <laughs> The next age best, and you can uh, take it up because you brought I it up I was earlier. going to say, can I talk about that now? The, the ending of the movie. Tell us about the ending of the movie. So, uh, you know, what's really cool is you see um, Akash uh, walk out of the European uh, coffee club that he's at playing and he meets his old love or new love or old flame or whatever and they're walking out and you think he's like you're believing that, okay, he's actually blind, but at, until the very end... And then he kicks the can. And I believe that's a depiction, at least for me, it was like, what? He is not. He's been pretending this whole time. I thought that was such a brilliant ending. It was a, it was a great ending. And this is one of those things that people, it's kind of like the, I don't know, if, are, you, are you familiar with Inception, the movie? Yes, yes. Okay. It's kind of like the Inception ending, which is you leave it so open uh, that people debate about it for ages. Yep. So uh, this is something that people argue about to this day. Uh, you know, some people say that he got the rabbit size, which is just totally ridiculous. Yeah. You know? It's the first time you watch this movie. It's very unexpected. This ending. Yes. You don't see it coming. Yes. And now when you on the rewatch, you look for the can. Yeah. And the first time it's it's just But it's littered. just it's perfect because, you know, when I talk about the twist and turns, they are so unexpected. It's like you think this guy in the beginning, you think this guy is blind, not blind or blind. And then you're like. Oh my god, he I mean it just goes to show he was acting brilliantly in real life like his practice or whatever he's doing. What I really wonder about is why was he doing that this whole time anyway? I know he wanted to 
like, you know, he's a musician and he really wants to play well. And I, I think maybe he was just trying to use his senses to be a better musician. And maybe that's why he started. So in the in the short film La, La Couture, I'm probably mispronouncing it. The, in the short film, the, the French film, The Piano Tuner, the guy gets into it. Like he describes why he's doing it. And uh, what he's saying is, uh, what he talks about is that people, when they consume things from artists who are suffering, they feel like they're getting a greater, uh, mm. I, I don't want I don't want to use the word value, but uh, they feel like they're doing something more important than mm. they would with a non-disabled artist, you know, or a non, uh, non-suffering artist. Uh, like a suffering artist makes... A, a, a suffering artist makes the a better music, commodity yeah and they, they feel like there's more pain in it yeah so which I, is probably true i mean think about all the brilliant artists that we have had over the centuries and a lot of them struggle with some kind of ailment so i mean you would almost agree people people like a good story of like a suffering artist yeah so what do you think what do you do you think he's blind at the end or not blind in the end and i think he's, he's not blind and why it's just in that kicking of the can. It, it just, to me, speaks like, got you again, you know? So that so then it brings us to, did Tabu survive or die? I thought she passed. Oh, uh, sorry, sorry. Did Tabu die from the explosion? Or did Tabu, or did Akash lie about the car flipping over and exploding? And he actually ganged up with Swami to sell her liver and take oh her eyes. Oh my God. I hope she died in the explosion. So I will make the case for Akash's lying to Sophie. And I think he took Swami's deal, took the million dollars, and that, which is why he's now able to be in Europe. And, um, and mm. that he, and, and he's, you know, he's, a, he's, a, he's also a villain in that he... But do you think his character has ever shown the capacity for a true crime? So... The only time he shows empathy in the movie is when he's telling the story of uh, to Sophie of when he's riding in the car, going with Tabu, and saying that, uh, you know, uh, just let me go, I will not tell. Like, basically saying, I won't tell anybody, just yeah. let me go. Yeah, But he is the one telling the story to Sophie. Right. So how can we be sure that he's telling her the truth? And what confirms it for me is that the rabbit, in the rabbit story... There's no way for Akash to know that the rabbit is blind, correct? Yeah. So in the story that we're watching, we're, whenever we're watching the rabbit, we're seeing a, a scarred eye rabbit. Yeah. So that's kind of a wink, wink that we're hearing the story or watching the story from Akash's storytelling viewpoint. And then what really tied it all together for me is how the car flips, how, how much it flips, and how it explodes. In, in a very grounded reality of you know, the mechanics of the world, that simply won't happen. Like, you know, Tabu going out of control would not make the car flip like 10 times. Right. And then explode immediately. Right. The over-dramatization of that moment just confirms for me that he's basically telling a fake story to Sophie. Interesting. I mean, could we have, I mean, just based on what you just shared, can we say that she was so hurt and that maybe a less dramatic accident that... They killed her thereafter and then sold her body parts, which is, I mean, even for, I, even for Simi, you feel bad that that would be her. I, I think, I think she deserved what was coming to her. 
And I uh, you, 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 even, even Sophie said you should have taken a deal. I appreciated her strength. I mean, maybe it was depicted darkly, but I, I felt, I felt. I should did, say did, I, did I just ruin this movie for you? <laughs> no, I don't think so. The tragic end carry, of Macbeth. Uh, the, <laughs> Lady Macbeth. No, I thought like I am hoping that just given the strength that the character, you know, was shown to have, that she wouldn't give up until the very end. So I think. I'm going to take that with me. <laughs> okay. You hang on to that ending. I'm going to hang on. To Akash is a psychopath. <laughs> and that he, that he took Swami's deal. Uh, yeah. I mean, listen, uh, that could be, but I, I just don't see, I don't see Simi's character giving up. I didn't get the vibe from Akash to have that kind of um, animosity, you know, or being able to live with that. I mean, listen, when he witnessed the murder, the first thing he did was go to the cops. Yeah, yeah. Right? He does have a moral compass. So I don't know. I don't see. I'm going to like, so I'm going to, I'm going to stay glued to. Hope. You have hope. I have hope. I have I, hope and for I have, the two characters. I have cynicism. And you know, art reflects what you feel inside. You know? Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm a cynic and you're a hopeful person. And the, the, I'm an optimist. How we consume uh, the stories we consume yeah. reflects our own mirrors. Yeah. The next Age Best nominee, the movie's title, I think, has aged really well. Andadon. Yeah. I think it's very apt. I mean, it, I'm sure Google can uh, attest to that. I'm sure a lot of people went in and Googled, and what does this mean? Yeah. Which was one of me, at least. I mean, after looking at all of the other possible titles they had, I think Best they could not have got a better one. Yeah. Age Poorly. Uh, I hate voiceovers in movies if they're not necessary. And yeah. in the beginning of the movie, Akash kind of describes what he's feeling. I don't yeah. know if you remember this. It's it's just not needed. I would have understood Akash's life without he, without that voiceover of him describing like why he does what he does. And uh, I you know I think it's aged poorly. What do you think? Unmemorable, obviously. Forgettable, yeah. Yeah. Aged best. Promote and Simi's house. It's so blue <laughs> at first, but you know as a as a as a set you remember it. Like as a as a as a if you think of it as a character in the movie where the murder took place, you remember that place with the piano and the blue walls yeah and all of that it's it's really it's, it's very loud actually the more we talk about this the more i'm convinced that that was that was just loud and uh symbolically uh, showing the chaos that's to follow in that household i don't know i'm gonna i'm gonna take that away from this podcast uh age poorly the cgi effects in Ram raghavan movies so um i was not you know i did not think that the cgi effects on the which is basically the rabbit were great. yeah yeah at one point i thought that the cat was cgi yeah but then uh you know later and i thought the effects were really good on the cat but later found out that it's a real cat so were, did they use cgi in both scenes the top and the bottom or just one just on the rabbit the entire time you see a rabbit you see a computer generated rabbit got it so the first one i actually didn't realize it was um it was not a C- like it was a CGI. The end one, I would agree with you. Um, that looks more artificial per se. But the first one, I believe them. Okay, so you were convinced. I I, I wasn't, but yeah, I mean, I guess different people, you know, see yeah. things differently. Uh, the effects work was done by a Greek company called IXOR. So, you know, there you go, Greek company. Uh, IXOR, rabbit effects. If you like them, uh, give them credit. If or just... do better next <laughs> time. Do better, IXOR. <laughs> Age best. The movie is a vast improvement on the short film that it's based on. 
So even though the short film, you know, a great germ of an idea, I think the movie Anadun just vastly improves on that. Just for, if you just take it down to the scene itself, which yeah. is the murder scene, I think the murder scene is just, you know, Hitchcockian, uh, very mastery, masterful scene. It's interesting because talking about it makes it so much more interesting because we're kind of reliving all the moments with the characters and actually thinking beyond what's on the surface. So I am actually walking away from this podcast, loving this movie even more. Four years later. Complaints against the movie. Uh, my first complaint is, why doesn't Akash run out of the crime scene? That would end the movie. That would end the movie right away. That's what Sri <laughs> Raghavan said in an interview. I mean, isn't that what a normal person would do? Like, body, there's just this woman who's in the way. Doesn't Run. seem to have any weapons. The right. door is right there. Yeah. That, I, you know, that sets us for this person has extreme control, which is unreal. But yeah, I agree with you, though. Yeah. The movie would have ended a lot sooner, though. Yeah. When he asked to go to the bathroom, one of the things that stuck out to me was that Tabu was kind of pushing him from behind as opposed to leading him from front. Mm. And that to me was a great choice because it's almost like she wants to make sure that he doesn't run away. She's behind him, blocking him from running out of the main entrance. Why would she do that? Like, why would she care? Why because would she... he's blind. Well, when you're leading someone, if, you, if a blind person says, hey, can you help me cross the road? Are you going to like push them from behind? Or are you no, going to pull their hand? No, pull, pull their hand. Right. So yeah. that was a little odd, right? That, that is a little odd thinking about it now. But like if maybe, she... Maybe tru- that should be the real complaint against the movie. That like, why I agree did she with. do that? Why did she do that? Yeah, it was really odd. It was almost like a giveaway. Like, all right, does she has some kind of doubt that he's actually witnessing the murder? That maybe she has a blind dart. You know how like uh, we people say that gay people have a gay dart. Maybe she has like a blind. Maybe person she does blind dart. Yeah, we could use her to detect other blind murder people. witnessing blind people. Real blind people versus fake blind people. Right. The second half, uh, my second complaint against the movie is that the second half, I've alluded to this before, which is that the second half of the movie feels like a second movie by itself. You could call it uh, the Oregon Hospital, you know, but it's basically a whole different movie than the first half of the movie. What do you think? I completely agree. Like, it almost feels like, oh my God, this guy just goes from one tragedy to another, right? Um... And it doesn't, I mean, listen, I love the movie, but I would agree, like, it doesn't tie seamlessly. Yeah. It's like where you start off is nowhere close to where you end. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of, you know, as I'm taking notes watching the movie, I wrote that down and it was confirmed with this interview, you know, the the Nandita Ramnath interview with Sri Ram Raghavan confirms it because Sri Ram Raghavan says in that interview that the second half of the movie took nine months to write. Mm. And at many points, it felt like there were two different films as yeah. they were writing it. Yeah. So it just kind of confirms this thing you feel while watching the movie. Yeah. My last complaint is, and you tell me if you disagree with this, is that the actor playing the daughter of Pramotsana, eh. the character named Dani, yeah. she just looks way older than a teenager. Mm, yeah. What do you think? Um, she, uh, I don't know. I don't like she's she she they showed her what for two seconds I don't know I don't remember her face to be honest to me it was like a like I don't know like a 25 year old woman dressed up in teenage clothes uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> 
she was too old the that actor was too old for the character that she was playing i thought right that's my complaint that's all of my complaints you have it would be sad if she's actually even under a teenager (laughs) and and she's hearing this podcast (laughs) do you have any complaints against this movie um why aren't they making a part two is probably my biggest complaint (laughs) well that's a complaint against uh, the filmmakers (laughs) right um i i agree with you i'm just you know leave uh leave a masterpiece be leave a masterpiece by itself yeah Yeah. although uh i was discussing this with uh my so yeah and she was saying that uh People like to watch their favorite characters continue their journeys. Yeah. In a serialized way, like yeah. Batman, I guess. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I feel like, you know, once you have a great movie, just kind of leave you it alone. You don't want to ruin it. Yeah. That's true. I'm, I'm off the other band, which is like, I want to... I want one story done, move on to the next story. Yeah, I agree. It was just so good that you just... You're almost like, oh my God, just make another, just so... Akash can witness another murder and pretend to be blind again. Uh, so we are recording this pod. I, I'm not sure when this episode will be released, but we are uh, recording in November 2022. Yeah. And Drisham 2 is about to be released. Ah. Now Drisham is, and I know you haven't watched it, but Drisham is an excellent, thrilling movie. And I feel like don't don't make a sequel. And they are making a sequel. And I'll be very disappointed if it's not half as good as the first one it kind of takes away from the first one you're saying it, it just t- if you have a great thing yeah don't, don't even chan- don't even yeah. chance it. yeah but there are exceptions like the the exceptions for example terminator 1 versus terminator 2 terminator 2 arguably is a far better movie than terminator 1 so there are exceptions. Every now and then a sequel comes around that is better than the original. Rarely. So, you know, leave it, leave it alone. Leave yeah. it alone. <laughs> any, any other complaints? Why, do, why does there have to be a romantic interest in every single movie? Do we really need, do we really need Sufi's character to be there? Is she playing some sort of a vital role? I don't well, think she, so. I think she's the plot device to bring Akash to promote Sena. That's mm. that's basically what 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 her role is. Because right. once once uh once Simi uh kind of breaks them apart by uh you know being naked in yeah. Akash's house. Yeah. Um th- that story kind of basically ends there. Correct. Uh, until Sophie meets him at the end in the European cafe. Yeah. So I think she's she's a plot device for the most part. It's almost like in Indian movies, they have to have like, oh, a boy and a girl or two I, love interests. I'm actually glad you mentioned that. I am uh, I love movies where there's no wedding or wedding related thing that happens. Yeah. Like, and do we really need to do that every single time? I, I'm going to ask you this one question. I'm going to ask listeners this one question. Yeah. Which is, think of a movie you like in Bollywood, that does not have a wedding or wedding-adjacent thing going on. I can tell you one. It's a very sad movie, though. <laughs> okay, what is it? Um, Karina Kapoor's first love interest. What's his name? Uh, I don't know. Shahid Kapoor? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, Aliyah Bhatt. Oh, Urta Punjab? Yes. Oh, Urta Punjab. Is there a wedding? Uh, yeah, you're right. There's no wedding. An- wedding That's a sad on. movie. That, that has a... Uh, yeah, it's kind of... Do you know of this movie, Requiem for a Dream? No. Okay. Um. That's on a requiem for a dream. Is on a like drug abuse movie, uh, and like basically everybody's destroys their life by the end. Uh. But yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. That's a good example. But okay, a joyous happy movie uh, <laughs> in Bollywood. No. 
that does not have wedding or wedding agents. I agree. I agree. Like, I almost feel, and, you know, I guess maybe Bollywood movies are made fun of for this reason. Like, their music numbers unnecessarily. Everyone's dancing on the street unnecessarily, which I love music. I love dancing. But, um, and I love, I love Bollywood music. But I don't think we need a love interest in every single movie. Like, it doesn't need, if it's not strengthening the plot. And I, you know, to your point, wedding numbers are not, a component that we really need to see every single time play out. Yeah, it's a, it's a, I think it's a storytelling crutch uh, yeah. for a lot of Bollywood movies, which is okay. The you know love wedding and weddings like the main problem, or adjacent <laughs> to the wedding is like the main problem. And yeah, like, come on, you know, do better. <laughs> come up with better stories. Yeah. Things that don't make sense in the movie. When Sub Inspector Parikh is at DSP Manohar's house and he says that uh, he's gonna call the neighbor to come into the police station to draw a sketch, DSP Manohar says, Senior citizen, she's a senior citizen. We will go to her instead. Yeah. There is no way DSP Manohar could have known the neighbor's age because the sub-inspector did not mention it. Mm. Well, it's could it be because he has gone to Simi's house so often that he may have seen her? Uh, that's the reason. Right. But the sub-inspector doesn't know that he's... Oh as far he almost gives his affair away you're saying yeah he basically yeah. says he if if the sub-inspector was a good yeah. detective he would have picked up on it yeah and he obviously didn't yeah or or the wife should have yeah. picked up on it because yeah. she was much much smarter i thought i have this how does akash know that dsp manohar is the one who attacked him in his apartment because at this point he's blind so he doesn't know who attacked him but he thinks dsp manohar attacked him yeah I mean, I guess he's the only one who could have attacked him. Like, who else would attack him? Right. But there's no way for him to confirm that. It could have been like a robber in your house. Right. I guess he hasn't had enough robbers. No, those are those are really, like, valid points. And I'm, like, kind of... Plot holes. Yeah. Plot holes. Yeah. Why doesn't Akash notice the body sooner when he's, you know, playing the piano? Right. It's, like, almost two minutes before he notices the body. It's not like he moved somewhere. He notices it while playing the piano and... To that, I would say, HT, that like you don't go in into an apartment thinking you're going to see a body on the floor with blood pool around it. So maybe like, you know, it's almost like, oh my God. Yeah, like your, your brain is blind to it. Yes. You almost like don't expect it so you don't see it. That's a that's a very good you know? defense. That's a very good defense. Right. The number one reason uh, why a lot of uh, motorbikes get hit by cars is that the car drivers say that they did not see the motorbike. Yeah. And the reason is that even though they see the motorbike, their brain just doesn't acknowledge that a vehicle like that should be on the road. Next to them. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think I think you raise a very good defense in a similar way. Like you go into someone's house, you don't expect a dead body. A dead body, especially if someone's letting you in, right? Like your brain is like, it's not normalized enough. I think we just need to see more dead bodies on the floor. Yeah, a very... A very psychological, psychologically taught defense uh, presented by Swapnelier. <laughs> All right. Shot down. Shot down. How did Pramod get killed? He had the gun. He had the upper hand. How did he end up dead? Um, it doesn't make sense. Love makes you do foolish things. Love, the shock. He, he, because <laughs> he of the shock, so he shot shocked. himself. I mean, first of all, like... Uh, like 
Can I just complain one more second about this cliche of an older man marrying a younger woman? Like, please, can we overcome it somehow, right? Art reflects life. And that's of Hollywood too. Hollywood too. Art art reflects life. This happens all the time. You come across people all the time. How often do you see a rich old woman being married to a young guy? More and more so. More and more so? Yeah. Okay, okay. So maybe we need some of those stories coming about. But Exactly. But there's no nothing unreal about this arrangement that they have which is the old, rich old guy married to uh, a, younger a younger actress I suppose. Yeah. yeah. I mean there isn't but You don't like the cliche. I don't like the cliche and I I think it's very like directors like him because you have high expectations you're like changing the realm of cinema to an unconventional and new path like why not change the narratives yeah yeah okay okay uh that's fair that's fair i'll accept it yeah we, we in general we need yeah. to get rid of cliches and try bolder new things yeah i agree who's the best actor in the movie uh, hands down i mean you're gonna be a little shocked uh, what are you expecting you're expecting me to say akash no i'm ex- you're expecting me to say simi i i think simi she's, tabu, yeah yes she's like she's amazing yeah i i, I agree I th- even though akash d- gives a really good performance yes uh, i think tabu so uh, i come back to vidya balan on this which is that uh vidya balan in the movie ishkia and vidya balan in the movie kahani her acting and character elevates everybody else's performance mm. so i think in a similar way tabu in this movie her acting the way she plays the character elevates everybody else so yeah. I feel like she's the strongest actor by a mile. Amazing. Amazing. And I love her as a villain. Yeah. I, she took this turn. You haven't watched Drishyam yet, but she plays a villain in Drishyam as well. So Tabu's had a recent comeback in, in recent years. And uh, it's just, you know, she in this movie, she's cold-hearted, selfish. And she sells the bad guy, quote-unquote bad guy, very convincingly and yes, confidently. Yes, she does. And I will say that it's um, it's refreshing to see that. Yeah, yeah. We need more characters like Tabu, Simi in this yeah. movie. Yeah. And like, oh, wow. Like, and she's handpicked really good scripts. As she's maturing as an actor, I think she's like, all right, I, I should do this differently. I should do that differently. And, you know, she's like done being the heroine dancing queen of Bollywood, rather a true, legit, matured actor who can be versatile. Yeah, I think one of the big gaps in Indian cinema is that we don't have the like the Meryl Streep of... Yes, uh, exactly. A hun- good comparison. Yeah. Yep. I, don't, I don't know if Tabu is it. Yeah. But by having more characters like the one Tabu is playing in this movie... Uh, I agree. Oh, af- yes. It affords opportunity to really great female actors in the industry to yeah. deliver those performances where we can see that Meryl Streep emerge, which yep. which I feel like is, you know, just not there. Yeah, uh, hopefully Tabu is a can- potential candidate. I think she can get there if she keeps, you know, picking up these roles. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when we did uh, the Dabang episode, uh, my guest Karthik brought that up and uh, uh, well that all that thought always stuck with me that we're missing the Meryl Streep yeah yeah Indian cinema who got the most success out of this movie I was thinking Akash um or Aishman yeah but you know I guess there could be two parallel paths um of thought here one is Taboo got reinvented I think maybe 
Um, and then also Ayushman got invented. Like, I think he came in as like, okay, this guy can act. Uh, he really handled the character well. Um, so I think they both got success and Taboo duly deserved it. Yeah. I think Taboo has always been like a... Agreed, yeah. Uh, there and especially in her resurgence also like she kind of had it on lockdown with drisham and this yeah. ca- this movie solidified it further yeah but i think ayushman has had had a few good movies you know not commercially flops not commercially hits but like okay movies and yeah. he was known throughout the industry but then in 2018 badaiho got released in, on october 18th and another one got released on october 5th both oh, wow. in 2018 so within two weeks of each other these two movies came out and were super hits so within from going from september to november 2018 he really over, blew up overnight ayushman kurana became an a-list actor from yeah. two you know largely profitable movies yeah and uh, i think therefore i feel like he is the one who got the most out of these this this movie. fair fair yeah who did the most overacting in this movie who did the most overacting in this movie? Overacting, I would say the DSP. <laughs> oh, I, I disagree with you. I thought he played his character really well. Okay, make make the case. Why is he? Um, I, you know, I think to me, if there was okay, so you know why I think he did overacting? Maybe because a lot of his scenes were next to actors like uh, Taboo, and she's just brilliant and makes it seem so real and native to her. Whereas when the DSP is even having these like love scenes or he's standing next to her, I, it didn't feel as good as hers. So mm. it almost seems like overacting. I yeah. think that's the only case I can make to it. Okay. Okay. I will, I, I will accept that. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, so DSP Manohar, and I might be saying his name wrong, Manoj Veej, uh, DSP Manohar, what he was doing with his character was that he was doing cartoonish things with his character. Mm. Now I don't know if the director demanded it, but I think I think I think it was very intentional. Intentional. I, I would not even call him like a serious character in the movie. I would call him uh, a comedy character in the movie. Maybe that's what made it seem like overacting to me. Yeah. You know. Everything he does in the movie is funny. Mm-hmm. Um, well that's true the the way he the way he like looks at akash with those big eyes that yeah, he has and yeah the way he rolls that uh, suitcase <laughs> out uh while being in a banyan yeah uh the way he is sitting on top of the washer in the yeah, bathroom yeah like all of those and the way he basically get uh, is silent around his wife because yeah. she's she wears the pants in the family. yeah yeah so i think he just had a really comedic performance yeah and i, I in my opinion i thought he did a good job as so a, who a, was yours then i i don't have an overacting oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> i i did not think anybody overacted in this movie but what about the daughter I would call her maybe the worst actor. Yeah. I don't know if she was an overactor. Okay. Uh, well, next category. Who did the worst acting in the movie? <laughs> um, so. And if you don't think anybody did. I think, I think everyone was okay. Yeah. Yeah. I had the same written down here. And even, even the daughter, like, I think she was miscast in terms of her age. Yeah. But I think she did fine as a daughter. Yeah. The worst scene in the movie. Like plot wise or just sad to see? No, just like you thought this 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 was unnecessary. A, an, an unnecessary scene or just a bad like did not 
did not need to be this way or uh, like whatever, whatever the, however you think of a worst scene. Nothing is coming to mind. <laughs> okay. So I, I know you really enjoyed the scene, but I wrote down the scene where Simi and Aishman, uh, sorry, Simi and Akash are tied together. And Simi and Simi gets them both out by telling him what to do and make yeah, the glass. Yeah, yeah, misguiding him. Yeah, misguiding him. Yeah, I, I just thought that scene dragged a lot. I think it slowed. The it movie did down. drag. I'll give you that. It was more. It was longer than it needed to be. I don't think it really added a lot to the story. Yeah. So I thought that was the worst scene. But I really loved how she then attacks Doctor Swami I with the that. with the scissor that she got or yeah. needle whatever or it was. needle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She was really stabbing away. Uh, who stole the scene? This is one of my favorite categories, which is uh, when a lesser known or unknown actor takes all of the attention away from all of the other actors with very little screen time. Uh, in this movie, I thought Masi, uh, the lottery seller, mm. who was played by Chaya Kadam, was really good. I thought Bandhu, the kid, played by Kabir Sajid, uh, was also I would also say really he good. was really good. I mean, as a kid, yes. Yeah. So you would give it to him? I would give it to him. Yeah, he was really great. Yeah. So generally speaking, this podcast, the kids usually get it for I... that reason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, in this particular movie, Kabir Sajid, the the kid who plays Bandhu, is really solid. But I want to give like a special honorable mention to Chaya Kadam. I thought she was also really good. She was good. Yeah. It just in comparison to the kid, she wasn't. Yeah. 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 Final final question. What is the movie Anadun about? Why does it stand the test of time? Uh, it's about deception in so many ways, I think. And you know what? I, I, okay, so the reason it stands the test of time is because to me, it's a reminder. It, and we kind of started here, right? To me, it's a reminder that people act in darker ways when they think someone isn't watching or judging. Um, and I really love that undertone on just human beings, um, you know, just being themselves. Um, and, uh, you know, it's almost to me, it sounds like maybe it's a good thing that someone else is watching. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, isn't that the like the isn't that the most romantic things about thing about movies that or stories in general that the characters don't know that there is an audience. Right. Like in terms mm. of not being watched like whatever movie it is nobody yeah. you know the audience is always watching and the right. characters in the stories don't know it right so this is what i wrote down in terms of another another is a movie about a con man who lets his guard down once and that one change in his daily routine leads to a straight path into his destruction yep as one of the writers of the movie or his dream or his, or his dream, yeah. Towards his dream? <laughs> or towards his dream. <laughs> as, uh, as one of the writers of the movie puts it, that Akash sets the events of the movie in motion by taking off his side-blocking lenses to see Sophie. It is a movie about how one mistake can cascade into a bunch of other destructive mm. mistakes. As uh, everyone who sets, sets out to plan something in this movie fails. Yeah. By the end of the movie, we see that the only way Akash can be non-destructive towards his goal is by keeping his guard up like you cannot let your guard down in this life right or you don't have to pretend to be blind well he pre he's pretending pretending to be blind at the very end yeah so, like you have you have to bring that guard back up to be successful or be happy be happy so everybody should have a guard up yeah yeah? I mean, we should. It, the kind of world we live in, yeah. Never let your guard down. Is that the is that the lesson from this movie? Never let your guard down. 
Yeah, I, I would say that. I would say that. I think, unfortunately, we live in a society where we can't be blindly trusting. Yeah, never trust anybody. Yeah. That's what I learned from Or this not fully. Never trust anyone fully. Especially, by, especially blind people. <laughs> I usually like to read a film's review at the end, but all of the reviews I read about this movie pretty much said the same thing. It's a great thriller. The it act, is. The acting performance is great. Direction. Like, there was consensus. Yeah. I did not find like one review that shed a particular light into the movie. Everybody said the exact same thing. Plus, how many Hindi movies do you really see where the script is so different and it's a true thriller where you can't predict what's going to happen next? Yeah, I mean, I the movie's amazing. Uh, do you have any final thoughts to add to this podcast? Watch it if you haven't watched it. So, Abnil, thanks for appearing on the podcast. I had a great time talking about Andadun with you. HD, thank you for having me. I really appreciated it. Love doing this. If you haven't watched Anadun, go watch it now. The Bollywood Pod is produced by me, HT, at Dunhill Studios, accompanied today by Swapnil and uh, my dog. He might be <laughs> hearing whining and walking around. Please subscribe, share, and download. Please tell your friends about us. Don't forget to follow us at The Bollywood Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We will be back with another great Bollywood film on the next episode. Have a great day.